0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another podcast for Elemental Collusion. My name is David Graham, and, well, today is the 24th of December, 2018, so happy, uh, say it with me now, Christmas Eve Day. Yeah, Christmas Eve Day. It's good enough, right? So, this morning we are brought to you by, uh, well, I don't know, some Nitro Brew Cold Coffee, or Nitro... Cold brew coffee. Yeah, I'll start with that. Maybe I've had too much already, which is the reason why this is not coming out of my mouth the right way. Anyway, <clears throat> topic for today: five G. It's not just four G. It's not just three G. It's not just two G. It's five G. So a lot of noise is being made, uh, especially since the you know, let's let's say the first couple of conferences of the year. You know, we got CES kicking out the week of the eighth. Um. And then we got Mobile World Congress, you know, at the end of end of um, well, let's see, end of February, right? Yeah, end of February. I'll be there, by the way. So if you want to stop by to the uh, the Dell Technologies booth? I will be right there. Of course, disclaimer replies, This podcast has nothing whatsoever to do with my employer, so do not read into this one way, or shape, or another. This is just me pontificating as I oft did do um, while drinking coffee or drinking other types of liquids, which I had a very nice 16-year Lagavulin last night. I gotta say, that was pretty good. Anyway, back to the standards. What we were talking about today is 5G, and why, just a few different reasons why this is better than LTE. Now, let's put it this way. I am involved in a somewhat daily basis with a lot of the stuff that's going into, um, how we view or how we position 5g networking right so is is this truly a fifth generation type network i mean one could argue sure uh one could also argue no these each of these generations is is highly iterative and really is just an evolution of you know of the previous generation so it doesn't deserve its own kind of moniker or whatever we see this in the wi-fi side where they're going wi-fi six now all right, Wi-Fi 6 is kind of an obfuscation, if you will, of the underlying technologies, whether it be 802.11ax or AD or EIEO, it doesn't matter. So, what we got now is 5G. So, a lot of noise is being made. Well, you know, 5G is just, you know, a lower latency, higher bandwidth LTE. Okay, so we need to we need to defucketize that, if you will. Pardon my French on this Christmas Eve day. So with a sip of coffee, let's get started. So a couple differences between LTE and 5G. Number one, speed. Speed, S- speed matters, speed also kills, but speed matters. So, you know, LTE advanced provides up about a gigabit of performance, give or take, you know, depending on how channels are set up and whatnot. Uh, 5G has been tested in the five to eight gigabit range. Um, yeah, you know, ten to forty is not without, not, out, not outside the realm of reason, especially in the millimeter wave space. You know, ultra short um, distance, but high, ultra high frequency space, like sixty gigahertz. Um, you know, a lot of potential there for client side connectivity and devices, right? So when you get speed, is you know, somewhat misconstrued as also bandwidth, right? Really, what you're looking for is bandwidth. So speed. I would equate to more to latency, you know, bandwidth being more, more kind of what you're, what you're looking at, bandwidth within capacity there. So the fun, fun part is that, you know, in our day to day lives, we probably don't consume exactly what LTE even provides. Now let's look at it from a consumer standpoint and then a business standpoint, consumer standpoint. Oh my God. I just took like 15 fixtures and I put them on Insta. Okay, well you're you're compressing the pictures. They're typically JPEGs that go on there. You're applying filters You're through an app, and then that's putting things up via you know some sort of API into Instagram, and people are viewing that stuff. You're not consuming the same stuff. You're not consuming massive amounts of bandwidth. You're you know really spiky, if you will, or peaky, as as far as you're doing stuff. So I mean, from that perspective you're not gonna you're not consuming the same way now when I'm watching YouTube and I'm doing some of those things or Netflix directly to my phone or my media advanced media machine you know similar to my red hydrogen you know yeah i'm I'm looking at something where I'm consuming that amount of bandwidth I'm streaming this you know this hD movie down to my stuff with varying amounts of compression, hopefully no compression at all because I can see those artifacts on my ultra crystal clear. mobile screen which we all know is a pile of horse shit so you know so there's some circumstances where this this makes sense that's consumer side you know just you know gigabit performance sure that makes a lot of sense does multi gigabit performance for a consumer makes a lot of sense I would argue no not really I mean I don't think we've reached the point where it's actually um, where it's actually we've done enough or we have enough right now to take advantage of that kind of stuff to be determined now, on the commercial side, this provides a lot of really, really interesting things, and one of the things all all a lot of interesting things so let 's disambiguate or disambiguate yeah disambiguate the the thing as portion. imagine if you're uh, working in uh, the healthcare field and you're going to a client's house and you 're taking photos of that nasty ass skin rash and you need to have ultra high resolution images of that right because you're going to feed this through in the back end some wonderful you know computationally enhanced or algorithmically enhanced diagnosis type software and it comes back to that person is MRSA now why a doctor wouldn't be able to diagnose MRSA and cellulitis at the same time don't get me wrong I from my limited and extremely limited at that knowledge, they should be able to do just fine. But let's just say we're we're looking for or it, or comes back with leprosy or something else, you know, some some sort of affliction. You know, the higher the resolution of photos, let's say they're captured raw, 14-bit color, blah 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 blah. They, you know, you're going to have a need for bandwidth. You're going to be pumping that back or telemedicine, right? So if you're a forward operating hospital. Uh, let's say within the armed forces, um, you know, God bless our men and women overseas right now, um, you know, doctor needs to provide remote diagnosis. Well, they have to have a very, very crystal clear feed for that kind of stuff. You don't want to misdiagnose something that's going to show up there, right? So you're looking at something that's bandwidth. Bandwidth is extremely important, which brings me to the second point. Latency is also important. So, <laughs> we're speed kills, latency kills as well. So, mobile gaming. Um, hey, you know, you wouldn't be, you know, let's shout out to Ninja. You wouldn't be Ninja if you didn't have low latency, right? Ninja talks a lot about how his direct fiber line into his house keeps his latency the lowest possible. Well, when you start talking about latency, latency is obviously a huge, huge, huge uh, impediment to getting business done. If it takes you know, a second to get something done, you'll notice it. If it takes nanoseconds or microseconds or milliseconds, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a little less noticeable, you know? So you couple bandwidth, right? So the size of the pipe with latency, in other words, the speed of the material going through the pipe, um, and you get something that's much more differentiated. So 5G is lower latency. This also helps with the aforementioned telemedicine type uh, integrations, right? What we're looking at the doctor is able to critically, you know, being able to bandwidth, right? I need to be able to see as much of that patient as possible, but I also need to see it in real time. I need to, or as close to real time as possible. Again, when I think about robot operators, like, um, I was going to say the Darwin machine, that would be completely the wrong thing to say. The Da Vinci machine. So Da Vinci, Da Vinci is medicine. Darwin is We'll say not, um, the DaVinci machines, you know, it's a robotic surgery, right? When you look at that kind of stuff, what if I'm doing those commands over a very low latency thing? It's like waiting for, you know, okay, I'm trying to make an incision and then I'm waiting for it to happen. Right. So that lag does not allow for kind of iterative real time access and, and time. And there's a reason why those things are done in co-joined operating rooms with direct high speed bandwidth links between them. Right. It's kind of a necessity. Well, what if we were able to do that over longer distances? You know 5g plus the associated backhaul never forget that backhaul is part of this process part of this problem it assuages a lot of the uh, the pressure and congestion that you would see in the backhaul or in the back side of this stuff you know communication between radio towers communication across the cellular network um so what if that was assuaged? what if that was you know kind of reduced and limited well you start to see better usage you know better usage of telematics, and i think that becomes you know hugely important again we're looking out at rural access to, to medical things or rural access to services and goods and, and the way things are going. And this provides a very, very interesting, um, and, and very, very solvable human problem. All right. It gets that information out there. It allows us to access and be able to use the things that are out there, uh, for bettering society. That is a huge, huge focus of so speed and bandwidth, right? That's two. Um, let's talk about architecture. Uh, you know, you have the concept of radio access networks, so cloud-based radio access networks, or virtual radio access. v so VRANs, rans or radio access networks, just RANs. So the way you can slice these things up on the carrier side allows you a lot more flexibility to handle congestion. You get um, some level of intelligence along with that, so you can implement kind of AI process processes algorithms in accordance with that to actually get some better dedication on the channeling hardware that you have in those towers and the way that things are going no less you know outside of beam steering and you know kind of directional aerial type approaches you're starting to look at the way that software can interact with these things and how we can carve up access and how we can carve up utilization within these individual towers that's huge right when you start to look at congestion within bigger cities now that you have the ability to kind of hand those things off and get them into um you know get that usability it's like trying to turn your phone on in new york city or san francisco you watch that you know bandwidth meter go way way down you watch your signal meter you know you know those little bars i'm on at&t right watch those little bars go down you know because everybody is out there hammering away at those services and we use our phones all the time so this is this is not unfamiliar territory for us so better utilization using those kind of architectures backhaul as well i mean Let's let's talk a little bit about this, and this is this is prevalent across LTE networks as well There's a lot of these uh, carriers like AT and T, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, Deutsche Telekom, Orange, blah blah blah, Swiss Telecom, so on and so forth. A lot of what they've been investing in the last couple of years has been these larger optical pipelines in the back or packet routers, um, something similar to my former company, which uh, was Juniper Networks, making the PTX. Packet transport router um, using large scale optical fiber, you know, 100 gigabit, 400 gigabit. It's just becoming more, um, which is starting its rollout, I would say. Um, So you have these kind of capabilities that are being rolled out. And so a lot of that back pressure you would have in the tower, hundreds of devices connecting a gigabit you know, had to be kind of poured back out at 40 gig or it was extremely limited, right? And so you have this kind of uh, what we call oversubscription on the tower side. So a lot of this stuff is assuaging that back in 100 gigabit now. Uh, gives me a very fat pipe to take out of a particular tower. The other thing that you're starting to see here is, um, the, uh, is the concept of mobile edge computing, where we're going to start sticking micro data centers or sticking... Um, you know, compute or storage or 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 both. Hey, what do you know? Uh, kind of in a converged fashion, right next to or as close to that original point of of connection as possible. Meaning I hit that tower and be able to kinda turn around, similar to what you would do in a content distributed network, but I'm gonna give you resources out there at the edge to do some of the prepending and some of the pre processing. And that's a huge, huge jump in capabilities now that we have that kind of um kind of uh implementation and they're becoming more and more uh more and more common so i get it it's a quick hit this is not designed to be comprehensive this is not designed to be the end-all be-all of why 5g is going to be so much better than lte or lte advanced or 4g or whatever marketing term you want to call it but Keep in mind, there's a lot of things coming with 5G that are going to be made more possible or going to be implemented much better because now you have that larger bandwidth, lower latency and more optimized route to passing data from whatever it is on the very very bleeding edge, meaning my hands or the IoT implements or whatever back to um, and through those cellular networks. So All that to be said, in a review, we got speed, we got latency, we got speed, we got bigger bandwidth, we got lower latency, got better device optimization, better device recognition, which we didn't talk about, and we got better backhaul. Guess what? 5G is going to force those carriers to kind of operate with better backhaul, so you're going to get to see a lot less back pressure when it comes to those towers and oversubscription. So all that to be said, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, this is Dave Graham again, elementalcollision.com. Twitter handle is Dave Graham, at Dave Graham, all one word. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope you guys, again, have an awesome end to 2018 and an incredible beginning to 2019. Talk to you all later. Bye.